gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice podcast. Uh, we appreciate you coming back for more. If you've heard any of our previous episodes and you dig it and you came to this one, well, you picked a good one to join us. And if you're new to the podcast, do me a favor, check out the iTunes feed. There's a lot of really good content on there. We have talked about the show Batman Beyond since the very, very beginning, like but way back in episode 20, we had Chris Carter on the music of Batman Beyond. In episode 154, uh, we met this gentleman in, in face-to-face uh, when we interviewed the entire cast on the 20th anniversary of the release of Batman Beyond. Uh, that was at New York Comic-Con, back when we went to Comic-Cons. Uh, that was episode 154, and we had Kevin Conroy and Lauren Tom and Andrea Romano, and we had this gentleman. Uh, he has been an actor. He has been a voice actor. It's the same thing. It's acting. It's, it's all the same. But now he has developed such a resume that he has gone into the pantheon of these voice actors. He is, he is a big deal in the voice actor community. And he's kind enough to give us a couple of minutes of his time right here on the show. It's Terry F. and McGinnis. Are you serious? This is crazy. Will Friedel right here on the Hall of Justice podcast. Dude, this is such a thrill. I literally could talk. I want to ask you about your whole career, but I could just talk about that show for like the next hour. It's such a great <laughs> show. Welcome to the show, dude. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm honored to be here. It's such a distinct voice that you have. Like you, people know when it's you. And I remember you did a guest spot at, on Justice League as Kyle Rayner. And I was like, wait, that's the guy. That, that's, that's Batman. That's Batman Beyond. Like you have become... Uh, well-known for your voice work. What is that like? And considering your early success was on camera, what, what has the voice career done for you besides pay bills? What else has it done for you in this pantheon of, of this genre? Um, you know, it's, it's allowed me to have the coolest career in history, frankly. I mean, being a voice actor is um, I'm glad you said in the beginning of the show that it is just acting because it is voice actor, on camera actor, you're an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew nothing of the voice world uh, other than I was a huge fan of animation until Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond was my very first gig ever. That's crazy. Uh, no pressure, no pressure at all. That's uh, nuts. Yeah, sitting next to Kevin Conroy with Andre Romano directing you, Mark Hamill on the other side. Yeah, no, no, no pressure. Um, so it was. Uh, pretty amazing and then I just fell in love with the world I mean it took me to an entirely new 
level of uh, my career in that, you know, it's such pure acting. It's just you and a microphone. That's it. Uh, that's all you got. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter where you're standing. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, if you're overweight, underweight, it, what your outfits are. It is just you and a microphone and it is just pure acting. It's very at, at daunting and at the same time, just wonderfully freeing. Um, so it was great. And then I am a monumental nerd and have always been a monumental <laughs> nerd. So to be able to voice some of the characters that I grew up, I mean, I grew up, every generation says they have the best cartoons growing up sure i personally believe mine no, did. the 90s the 90s cartoons yeah the, and i was i'm a little yeah. older than that so it was 80s 90s so i sure. grew up transformers gen transformers, one he-man joe he-man mask transformers thundercats um and i've gotten to be a part of most of them now in some way shape or form so, <laughs> you know i've been bumblebee on transformers for years yep, i was yep. uh lino on thundercats haven't done a gi joe yet which would be which would be very cool you did uh, uh you were star lord I was Star-Lord on Guardians of the Galaxy. I got to be Deadpool on Spider-Man. I mean, I've gotten to just live this incredible nerd life, which I love every second of. Um, it also, you know, voice acting also saved me and because I, you know, like, as you said, I started, I was 10 when I started acting and I was on my first series on camera when I was uh, 11 years old on Nickelodeon, a show called Don't You Sit There, which it's so funny to even oh, mention wow. that out loud because- They um, talked about that in that Nickelodeon documentary. Did they? Yes, they, they referenced okay. that show. Yeah. So we I mean, I loved it. I was I think it was 1988 when I started. Wow. And um, it's so funny because the entire cast and I have have just all reconnected and are having a 30 something year reunion. Oh, this wow. year. Um, so, wild. yeah, I, I was on Nickelodeon then from 11 to 15. And then 16 uh, to 24, I was on Disney. I was on a show called Boy Meets World. Of course. And that led to doing a lot of Disney Channel movies and feature films and all that kind of stuff. And my career was going one direction where I was going to be a, you know, a television and film actor. And I started to, I, I got my first panic attack. So <laughs> anxiety hit me and changed the course of my life. And I was doing animation at the time. And I just, my body and mind physically would not let me do on camera anymore. And thank God for voiceover, wow. which I loved so much. And that's really when I threw myself into the voiceover world and, and, and was, was able to make it my career, luckily, because it's a, it's a uh, tough side of the industry to get into. Um, but uh, yeah, it saved me. And then I just, it just became my ultimate love. So I've always been an animation fan. I mean, cartoons were hugely important growing up, especially you know, 1989, 90 hits and Batman, the animated series yep. drops and changes the whole ball game for all of animation forever uh, and totally changed my life. So like you, so we, many people that touched me uh, in an incredibly profound way. My, I, I've told this story on the podcast before 1992 Batman comes out and it was the days of VCR and we would tape it, watch it at midnight at high we would get stoned and we would we would shut all the lights in our dorm and we would watch this show and we were blown away. It was amazing. Like, it was it was incredible. And, you know, that same year of uh, the death of Superman in the comics. And I covered that for uh, a campus TV station. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really written toward my age group. Like this yeah. is not this is not kid stuff. This is not the super friends. And I, I just didn't realize that you could take this stuff so seriously. So 
you know, without burying the lead, and 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 I do have uh, some questions about Boy Meets World, Beats sure. Meets World, but so you're you're new to this thing, you'd never done voice acting before, but you knew what Batman the Animated Series was, and you knew its value in the, the in the in the legacy of that character. You get approached about this. I, I guess they called it Batman of Tomorrow at the time. They, like, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're doing this thing and everybody doesn't know what it was and there is no internet at that point like it's in its infancy yeah, yeah. tell me what <laughs> how did they sell that show to you well they didn't have to um that was the <laughs> thing so yeah i was obviously it was called batman it wasn't even batman of tomorrow which would, would would have been easier i think uh an easier title for them to sell it was batman tomorrow um, so that the problem that as Bruce Tim told me later was that they didn't know how they were going to promote it because what are they going to say tomorrow, Batman tomorrow Batman on Saturday? Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. Batman tomorrow, Thursday. Like, so they didn't know how to do it. Um, but it was Batman tomorrow and they didn't have to sell it. My agent at the time called me and said, um, they're casting for a new Batman animated series. Uh, would and you like the same movie? people? And, and yeah, oh, yeah. All people. the, yes. All the people. And again, they, you know, there it's it's everybody that is doing batman the animated series and of course i already knew the names bruce tim i didn't know the name andrea romano but i knew the name uh -huh. bruce tim i knew kevin Another Connelly veteran of this podcast she's, she's yeah who was yeah. the you know she's the she's a genius literally and i'm not misusing that word um and, and so i got a call and they said they want you to come in and read for batman and i said well that that can't be right i'm 17 i was what like you know 19 at the time 20 so i was like that can't be right which part are they talking about and she said, no, it's a new it's a new Batman where Batman is young and Bruce Wayne is still there. I think at the time we already knew Kevin was was going to be reprising his role as as Bruce. Right. Um, and they want you to come in and read. And I thought, <laughs> what the hell? There's no I, there's no way they're not going to get it. Like I have no no possible chance of ever getting the part. So sure. Why not? Uh, I'm doing Boy Meets World at the time we were in season five. I want to say something like that at the time. Um, and I went in and I read and uh, I didn't know this at the time, but I guess I'm the only one when, when I read the initial, I don't even think I got the script at the time. I think I got the sides, which are like a, a breakdown of, you know, it's like one scene or three or four pages of a scene. Um, I, when I read it, I instantly thought to myself, well, if this 17 year old kid puts on the cowl and says, Hey, everyone stop, no one's going to stop. So I, okay said when he put on the cowl he should deepen his voice and i think i'm one of the few people that did that um and i one of the reasons i did that is because of kevin conroy and 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 also a bit because of um uh, of uh, uh michael keaton because those right, right. two actors really portrayed bruce wayne and batman as two different characters which they are i mean if you're a batman fan at all you know that bruce is one person and batman is somebody else uh so I kind of took that idea and ran with it and deepened my voice a bit. Uh, and they, they liked it enough to bring me back. And then I think it was the next read. Uh, they sat me next to Kevin. And it in was, the same room with Kevin and he's the doing old Bruce Wayne. And you're like, you're it, gushing at this point. I, I it's one of those. I, I was funny. I was meeting with somebody yesterday and I was actually joking with him where I said to this day, I still think I'm going to be fired from Batman Beyond and they're going to replace me. Um, I literally, I'm just like, there's no way I got that part. There's no way they're going to allow me to do the part. There's no, I'm going to, maybe they're, I'm going to read an episode and then they're going to fire me. I still, to this day, think I'm going to turn on Batman Beyond and it's going to be someone else's voice. 
This episode of the Hall of Justice is brought to you by MyBookie. The madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on nonstop action with MyBookie. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out a multiple bracket, you don't even like sports, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for a player in game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use the promo code Hall of Justice. One word, Hall of Justice, to secure a first deposit 50% bonus up to $1,000. It's simple. Put in 200, play with 300. Put in 1,000, play with 1,500. Just use the promo code Justice to claim your bonus. College ball, NBA, UFC, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Don't forget the promo code Hall of Justice. Do the superhero thing. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. They sat me next to Kevin Conroy and I read a scene um, with him slouched over not addressing the microphone properly because I'd never done this before. And Kevin being just the beautiful man that he is leaned over and went, all right, roll your shoulders back, open yourself up a little bit. Let's, let's work the microphone a little bit more and took me under his wing. Kevin and I, uh, you know, who I see all the time and is a great friend and has been for 20 some odd years now. And has um, been on the hall of justice more than any other guest. And, and rightfully so. Uh, he it, came on every time he would reprise the role in one of the animated movies. He came. Oh my on. god, that's every week Crazy. because he's and and by the way, the, the only killing joke when he did the killing joke uh, he came on. It was amazing. It's an amazing episode. It is, and such a, and the the only correct answer, by the way, to who's the best Batman. Um, but that's right, and, and it doesn't put down other Batman. Absolutely you know, like, not. No, it, it it's not an insult to anybody. Nope. Nope. Um, but when you read a book of Kevin uh, of Batman and it's the Bruce Wayne Batman, it's you Kevin hear his voice. voice. I mean, you, you, you do. yeah, you just you just hear his voice. There's, I agree. There's, there's no secret about that. I agree. And we so we always talk about we joke that the the relation because so much of his career voiceover wise and my career mirrored each other. Batman was the first animated series that both of us did. It was the first animated role either of us had ever read for. Right. Um, but both of us were brought in by Andrea Romano. There's so there's a lot in our careers that mimicked each other. And we also said that the relationship between Terry and Bruce mimicked the relationship between myself and Kevin. Um, Cause I had never done this before. So That's Kevin crazy. took me under his wing, completely became my mentor in the VO world. Um, and, and again, this is a guy who, this is this shows the joy of the voiceover actor and how wonderful wonderful uh, the men and women are that do this. Um, the it, it easily could have been who's this kid who's coming in to now star in this show, a show that I've done for years and years and years. I'm going to have an attitude about it, um, and it wasn't at all. It was the opposite. It was welcome. It's your turn now. I'm passing this to you. Let me help you do it the best way. Let's do it together. It was incredible. It really was incredible. He was so welcoming and helpful. Um, so we read, they loved our chemistry and, uh, that was it. The, the, I think we were recording about a, you know, a week or two later recording the first episode. And I sat there with my hands shaking the entire time. Um, but I didn't find out until years later that the only reason I was even brought in to audition for the role is because Bruce Tim's wife was a boy meets world fan. <laughs> and she watched the show and she said, Oh, you're casting for that new young Batman. You should bring him in. And so I, 
thank her all the time. Wow. Yeah. That, no joke. Uh, I even had the opportunity to do this. So uh, it was to say it was life changing for a number of different reasons is, is uh, an absolute understatement. It was a, was one of the, one of the most, you know, Boy Meets World is an incredibly important part of my life. Um, you know, the show went for seven years. I grew up on that show. I grew up with the cast. We're very close. It was, you know, uh, hugely important to me. But Batman Beyond holds just such a special place in my life and in my career. And um, it just it brought me it took me to a whole different direction, brought me on a whole new path showed me a whole that's not to this is the other thing I, I tend to pop around quickly but um the thing i love <laughs> the show about, goes on tangents so when good, you when you look good. at your watch and you realize how long you've been on then don't don't laugh because good. this is this is what happens on this podcast. i love it um so again i've mentioned my my how i let my nerd flag fly and i do and i'm a huge nerd and the thing one of the things i love about nerddoms it, whatever your nerddom is is you you think you're entering a tiny little world and then you scratch the surface and there's this giant world around it, whether it's D and D or mini painting or comic books or animation, whatever it is. And it was the same way with voiceover where I, I, you enter this whole new mythical world of this other side of acting where you're, you know, reading things like a, like a 1930s radio play. And you're with these other incredibly talented people where there's times you're sitting back and there's, there's actors that are doing four and five voices on a page and they're acting off each other and you just get to sit back and watch. So that's one of my favorite things about nerddoms is, is, is exploring the world and getting into the voiceover world was just so eye-opening and so cool. Um, that You had I, some of the best yeah. lines. You had you some of the best, uh, when you see the dog and you say, back off, Scooby. <laughs> uh, I would love to say I ad-libbed every cool line. No, but- no, it's all, but it's all written. The other one is your reaction right? when you're sitting at like this diner and uh, Stalker Channing is telling you that she and Bruce were a thing. Yeah. In the, in the, and you're like, whoa. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that was, uh, was that now, was that part of, was that Return of the Joker? No, I think no, no, no. It's before, Joker. it's before, no, it's, it's, I think it's oh, in it's the, the first season. Yes, it's earlier episode, first season when you first really, when he's starting to meet her. She was, it was such a cool character. Yep. Um, voiced by her and then voiced in the uh, Angie Harmon. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we had, uh, yeah. Cree Summer was on that show. Cree, uh, so Cree and I always the, joke. The, the, we're the, always I, one of the greatest show. follows on Twitter, by the way. And I've said that on this podcast before. She is hysterical. Oh, she's not only hysterical, but one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Yeah. And she's like she, on my bucket list of people we need to get on. She, I, she's incredible. And yeah, she, I mean, I, I could there's there's 15 shows where she and I have played boyfriend and girlfriend or that best friend. so funny they always put us together it's always the two of us and we always laugh when one of us walks in or walks out of the booth it's like I guess we're dating again um so it's uh, and her I, best line is when she finds out and she says but you're not calling me Robin exactly yeah exactly <laughs> uh, they had man that the writing on that show oh, from- that show is so freaking brilliant Alan wrote a bunch and, and Hillary Bader rest her she she wrote a bunch and yep. um I mean, just it was one person after another where you're looking at these names going, wow, look at all the people that wrote this show. Uh, so, yeah, it was every set. And then here's the thing. And I don't know, I'm, you might have questions about this as well, but I'm just going to jump into it. I thought it couldn't possibly get any cooler. And then we got the script for Return of the Joker. And I hear Holy that crap. I mean, that be, movie. Ugh. Oh, my God. And then and it, I'm, it, it's, it's legend got bigger when they said you couldn't put the original version out. Yeah, and like the original yeah. version is tame compared to some of the crap that's out there now. Right. But at the time, PG-13, oh, when you could it, and it was dark 
And uh, I'm for, it was like a week and a half. I'm literally sitting, you know, where the rooms are small. So there's like eight or 10 of us in a room. Um, and for oh. we had the whole cast for a few days, but then for a few days, it's just Kevin Conroy in one chair. I'm in the next chair. Mark Hamill's in the next chair. So I'm sitting in between these two men Jesus. who have mastered these characters and who are now meeting again in the world 50 years later. And we get to find out what actually happened to the Joker. Uh, and it was just I in just one of there. Kevin Conroy's greatest scenes ever. Ever. When he says, when he, when he says I'll break you in two and you feel I, it like you, you feel like he literally wants to. And he's yeah. he, he's a, he's drawn. It's not yeah. even a person. Nope. It's it is about he's about that. You are about to see the moment where Batman is going to cross that line. He said yep. he was never going to cross. Ugh. And then you see that instant turn where Mark then just says, oh, if you had that in you, you would have done it years ago. And it's just the yep. two of them. And you're just. And I got to watch all, I got them to watch all of them record that just, just me in a room. I got to sit there and watch them record these scenes. And I just remember sitting there for a week and a half going, just keep your mouth shut. You don't belong here. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut. Let these men do what they got to do and just sit back and be privileged to be one of the people to watch this. Uh, It was incredible. And we just. uh, Dean Stockwell is in that. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just like throwing. No, are you kidding? I I could do this all day. The, 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 (laughs) the, The cast. Well, that's again, I, I said genius uh, for Andrea Romano and I meant it uh, Stockwell, yeah. for a number of reasons, not just th- that she's a brilliant director, which she is um, not just that she liked to record us all in the room together, which she did. Uh, but also her casting was just second to none. You'd walk in and go, A, how did you think about, you know, get into your head that you want Henry Rollins as Mad Stan? And B, then how did you go get him? And now I'm sitting next to Henry Rollins. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I got to uh, to work with so many un- uh, unbelievable people that the idea uh, that you never. So it was it was a wonderful time in my life. We would record on Thursday mornings. So I would go in and record on Thursday morning and then Thursday night I would shoot Boy Meets World. So my Thursday oh, was wow. like it's a very big day for me. And. I uh, would start my day by by walking in and going, I wonder what amazing actor I'm going to get a chance <laughs> to work with today, because you just never knew. Um, so oh, it, the one okay, so I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this just because you went there. Please, the, please. Uh, the 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 one where they go to see the Batman play. Oh, that's one of our favorites. And 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 Bruce and Kevin Conroy sings as that character. Yep. And then you come back and you're singing the song. A superstitious, cowardly lot. <laughs> yep. I will never forget that because Kevin is a brilliant singer and I am whatever the opposite of a brilliant singer is. And we had, so yeah, it's an episode called Out of the Past. Um, Where he is, becomes younger. He becomes exactly. younger. Talia. Oh my God, that's such a crazy episode. It's so cool. And the thing that's neat about it is it was the only time that Kevin and I got to work together where Kevin had original Bruce voice. So he wasn't all uh, um, gruff and grumbly. He was original Batman, the animated series, Bruce voice. So Bruce and Terry got to fight together. I got to hear that original oh, voice next nice. to me. It was totally, totally cool. Um, that's a crazy but, episode. That's another crazy episode. It's an awesome episode. Watch There's these, like, like pause that. this podcast and go see that. It, it's all on HBO Max. Go see that. If you, if you don't have the time to invest in Return of the Joker yet, Come back to that, but watch out of the past. That it's is so good. 
a crazy episode. And then go watch Egg Baby, which we and the picture where he's looking at the pictures. This is how thoughtful they are. He's looking at the pictures of all his old girlfriends and he sees Selena Kyle and Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Because they flirted in the in the um, the, well, they, the, they, the they, crossover they, in the Superman episode. They dated in the original Superman the animated series. So That's uh, crazy. Which, which is one of the again, just to let my nerd flag fly, um, one of my favorite episodes where Batman and Bruce are finally fighting and he Batman or Bruce, uh, um, I'm sorry, Batman and Superman are fighting and and Superman slams Batman against the wall yep, and uses yep, yep. his uses his vision and goes Bruce Wayne and just your Kevin just goes you beat yep. it was so cool totally. uh, and then he goes to bed Clark Kent goes to bed that night and finds the little bat thing and looks over and they've both discovered each other in like an hour <laughs> so cool just well, so it, cool. it's very funny because uh, we had David Gentoli. Uh, on this podcast, he uh, plays Batman, I believe, in Soul of the Dragon. Oh, which um, is a great movie. Which is a great movie. Great movie. But he's married in real life to Bitsy Tulloch, who is Lois Lane on Superman and Lois. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was, like, <laughs> I was like, you know, there is a, a, a like an episode of a show where Lois Lane and Bruce Wayne hook up. And he's like, really? He's yep. like, you just, you just, I could use that. <laughs> It's all, oh god, how good was Soul of the Dragon? Some of they've been uh, uh, with oh, some of great. the DC animated movies that they're doing now. They've just been killing it lately. Um, they're getting dark, but some of them, man, some of them are great. The, well, the it's, Justice it's League after dark. It's just interesting because what's happened now is, and this is not really a criticism, but it's it's an observation. Is now they have specific target demographics, whereas. When you watch Batman Beyond, you could be 7, 17, 27, 37. You'd love that show. That is, well, I mean, that's why. And and you can't do that because a seven-year-old shouldn't see some of these rated R movies. The the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is one of the, that movie. It's a great movie. That movie's fantastic. And it it was written and recorded before Endgame. Yeah. And it's, it's it's like the predecessor to Avengers Endgame. It's a great man. It's a great movie. Um, I love the, but but a seven-year-old can't watch that. No, but that's the thing is back in the day when they, you know, they had the television ratings, when they said it was E for everyone, like in video games, um, they meant it at the time. Everyone could watch it and enjoy it. And they really could. Uh, Because there were, you know, I mentioned we were talking about out of the past, but I also mentioned Egg Baby, which is another, which strange enough is one of my, my favorite episodes of the show. Um, and it's very lighthearted and almost uh, almost a comedy episode. I think it was the first episode we won an Emmy for. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was a completely different episode than something like Out of the Past, which is very dark. So yep, there were yep. certain episodes that touched on certain tones and others that touched on and and some that took place right in the high school. And it's like, OK, this is all about being a high school kid and Batman's and Michael school. Rosenbaum playing that uh, that the, one of the jokers. Rosie was always always yep. did those great. He would he would come in and do these voices kind of in the room and then they'd write a character around the voice like he came in and did that the great uh, impression um, Christopher of uh, Walken. Christopher Walken. And then yep. they went, all right, we got to have that as one of the jokers. And then that, that character became hugely popular. Um, and I think it's because of that. that Then, of course, he became the Flash in Justice League. Sure. Uh, so there's uh yeah and again all Andre Romano where you just go man you're casting for this you're casting for that John Ritter I mean I got to work with John Ritter before he passed and it was That's just nuts. one of those days where and oh man he walked up to me you I walked talked, okay okay so all right let, let's yeah. let's go there you you, yeah. you you said John Ritter do yeah. you ever ask him about Three's Company I didn't because we don't have time unfortunately okay. you're recording for like three hours but all right my my 
interaction with John Ritter was so cool. So I'm a television junkie. That's all I've ever wanted to be was on television. I never wanted to be a movie star. I always wanted to be Michael J. Fox on Family Ties, not Michael J. Fox in, in Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> so John Ritter walked in that's and so I was like, random. oh, I know it's true. And I was like, oh my God, it's John Ritter. And he walked right over to me and he said, I just want to thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, it's really great that I'm here. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And I remember thinking, he just thanked me, first of all, um, for being on, coming on Batman Beyond. And I was speechless. Like, I just, I wanted to sit there and go, I have 900 things I want to say to you. And I think I went, <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. Uh, but it was just, he was such a nice man and just loved, we all loved the work. That's the thing is she would get these people that just loved the work. Um, and it was, uh, man, it was every, every Thursday, you didn't know what, what you were going to walk into. Support for the Hall of Justice is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Hey, on this podcast, we usually talk about superheroes and their tights, maybe? Listen, Manscaped is a real place. It is a real thing. I love the idea that we're allowed to talk about anything on this podcast. Have I used it? Yes, I have. Did I have to use it in order to have this commercial? No. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And I rhymed, and I didn't even realize. It's great to have Manscaped back with Sports with Friends. The lawnmower, I've used it. It's wonderful. The Crop Reviver Toner. The Performance Boxer Briefs, wearing them right now. The Ball Deodorant, much, much more. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. My wife actually likes that. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Type in the keyword FRIENDS2022 at manscaped.com. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The trimmer is waterproof. You can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. The Weed Whacker also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Let's just put it this way. If you don't want to picture that on me, I have no problem with that. Picture it on Batman or Spider-Man. Let's just make sure that if you're going to wear something that close, you need to properly trim down there. And it's not just about trimming. It's about cleanliness. And clean is something I'm very, very much a proponent of. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Guys, it's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code JUSTICE2022. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code JUSTICE2022 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code JUSTICE2022. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You know, last time we did this commercial, we ended it with a smart aleck remark, but I meant it. Man, woman, anybody, as long as you're an adult, photos are available upon request. This episode of the Hall of Justice is presented by Hydronique. They are electrolyte powder packets for hydration with no sugar and keto friendly. 
Their website is www.hydronikehydration.com and you can find them on Amazon. Started in the midst of the pandemic, the founder of Hydronique Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches. A landmark research study published early during the pandemic showed that up to 81% of frontline healthcare workers develop new headaches, mainly because of their PPE, like face masks and face shields, which prevented them from eating and drinking properly while on the job. He would leave work tired, dehydrated, and burnt out. The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals, but with no sugar, something that was keto-friendly and healthy. But most powdered drinks on the market have tons of sugar and caffeine. That's why he created Hydronique Hydration, sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich electrolyte powder packets for daily use, containing all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. This product contains elderberry, which has immune-boosting properties for support during cold and flu season. Hydronique Hydration Electrolyte Powder Packets can also fit in your bag or suitcase when traveling. Traveling? I remember traveling. That's Hydronique, www.hydronique, hydration.com. It's the word hydration and unique mashed together or search for Hydronique Hydration on Amazon.com where they're offering a discount coupon at checkout for next week. And mention you found them on the Hall of Justice. Let's do a couple minutes on Boy Meets World. Okay. Um, and I'll ask the same question, but I'll ask it about William Daniels. Okay. In that, how long did you work with William Daniels before you said, were you really kit? So, well, the first thing you have to understand is we were young when we started Boy Meets World. We thought Bill was British for like the first three years, <laughs> um, which of course he's not. Uh, and finally, he we all just said like, well, you're from England, right? He's like, England? I'm from Boston. Like, what? Yeah. what? Yeah. Um, but we're kids, you know? I think when we started, Ryder was 13. I was 16. I was the old guy and I was 16. Um, but they would announce us before the show like the audience would be there and they'd announce all of our credits and we never kind of really heard bill's credits because he would run out after us and so we're already kind of out there the crowd's cheering we knew some of his stuff but our executive producer's name was michael jacobs and one day Ryder strong always tells the story he played sean uh one day we're, we're sitting there in a note session michael jacobs was famous for his his note sessions that would last several hours after after every rehearsal and Bill leaned over and said, Michael. And Ryder went, you're kid. Oh, no way. <laughs> you're kid. And so right when he did that, that was when all of us kind of looked around and went, oh, oh my God, you're kid. So oh it was that kind of, that's how we got it. Like, that's how we all heard it was because he was saying Michael Jacobs' name, Michael. And we were like, hey, that's kid. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, the funny funniest part about that is, um, when GPSs were first on the market, <laughs> he, there was a kit GPS yep. where yeah. it had like red flashing lights and it would literally be William Daniels telling you to make a left. And yeah, I had to have that. I was like, oh, my God, just to have that, just to have that idea. And I've always said that that there's nobody. I, I look at it as I've covered, you know, in my career, I've covered um, Formula E, which is electric car racing. Sure, sure. And all the cars sound like Kit. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like they just to, when they're zooming around these tracks, they sound like like Knight Rider. Like it sounds like Knight Rider. You are acting with the voice of Knight Rider. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not the demographic for Boy Meets World. Oh, when sure. I found out Kit was on it, I said, oh, my God, I got to see what this guy looks like. Yeah. And that and that's I mean, he, that's the joy of somebody like William Daniels as he transcends every generation, because there's people that know him from 1776. There's people that know him from Broadway. There's people that know him from uh, 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 the people that know him from The Graduate. And then there's people that know him for Boy Meets World. Uh, it's and totally different Knight demographics. Rider. Right. Yeah. It's uh, but Bill, to, you know, 94 years old, still going very strong. He comes to the conventions with us, with his wife, Bonnie. Uh, loves people, great, greatest guy in the world. Um, Bill was to me on camera what Kevin was to me uh, behind the microphone. Bill, Bill took me under his wing, and you know, uh, my it's dad. Good that he's me, a good guy because he's the a great is still guy. awesome, even if he wasn't. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. I, you know, my my dad taught me how to be a man. William Daniels taught me how to be a professional actor. Uh, so he was, you know, never missed a line, never missed a mark, wasn't late in seven years, always was just a constant. Didn't care if you were 11, you're a professional, you're going to be treated like a professional. He's an incredible man. So, yeah, it was. Uh, but, yeah, working with Kit was because I was exactly the Knight Rider demographic. I was born right. in 76. Oh, oh so God. it's like they made Knight Rider for me. Um, the greatest was, show that that is the and that uh, they when they put that back on Netflix, that did in my December. Yeah, like, of course, I couldn't get any work done. I couldn't get any work done. It's the greatest. Well, when you think about it, you think about Knight Rider, you think about the A team, it's the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, it's the Mandalorian is exactly Knight Rider or the A team, yeah. you know, kind of gunslinger comes into town, solves something in a week, and there's an overall arc that you're kind of following. I mean, that's the A team, or I mean, it's the same show. Um, so it's, I, I love David that. Hasselhoff yeah. plays Garth Knight. I it's, was just, I was in, I was totally in. And I remember, bad? I remember once, this is such a dumb nerdy story, but I remember once, um, there's a, there's a scene in the Goliath episode where the, there's this girl, you know, and she knows both of them. And she says, you're the antithesis of him. You know, do you know what antithesis means? You're the antithesis of him. And I have a cousin who I am literally like the opposite. And he went to college with an old girlfriend of mine. And I said, so I, and I called her and I just said, so how's school? And by the way, how's my cousin? And she goes, do you know what antithesis means? And I went, Holy <laughs> fuck, that's Knight Rider. <laughs> I know exactly what that and means. She was like, that's not what I was referencing, but okay. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, Knight Rider. I mean, that's, but you know what, that when, when, we realized that he was Kit. I had that same reaction the first time I recorded um, Transformers and the voice of Optimus Prime came Peter in. Peter Cullen, yeah. When Peter came in and he's sitting next, impeccably dressed, and he's standing next to me at the time, and he says, Bumblebee. <laughs> I sat there staring at him with a number of other 40-year-old men in the room yeah, for a yeah. good 30 seconds before I realized, oh, God, he's talking to me. I got to answer as Bumblebee because I'm just sitting there with this stupid smile on my face like, oh, my God, I just heard he just said Bumblebee and it's Optimus and I'm eight and this is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, wait, I'm That's an actor awesome. and he's talking to me. So I had that same reaction <laughs> with, with Michael as I did with Bumblebee. Oh, and you, do, so you cool. just go, oh, my God, you're kidding me. He said rev up and roll out right next to me like this is just the nutsiest thing in the world. Um, so, yeah, I've had some I've had yeah, some you've had some really opportunities good, in this yeah. business. 
that yeah. you and and you're doing a, a podcast and like just these stories alone will will that that podcast is going to be must listen. I hope so. Yeah, we're so Christy Carlson Romano and I are launching a podcast called I Hear Voices. She and I did a show together called Kim Possible back in the day. It's our 20th anniversary. There's somebody listening to this podcast going, yeah, you did. We know that. <laughs> well, the thing that was kind of cool is, you know, kind of the, the, the fish out of water stories are my favorite thing. And Christy did Kim Possible. She's done Big Hero 6. She's done other VO. And we've be, remained very close friends. And she kind of said to me, I don't know a lot about that world or the other actors, really, because she mm. kind of recorded by herself. And I said, these are the coolest people in the world. And I said, we got to do a them. podcast yeah. where we talk about. It. And the thing that's so neat about the podcast, it's it's I think we're going to be dropping early March, like March 6th or 7th, um, is that it's it's fully interactive. So what's going to happen at the end of every show is that a lucky fan, usually a kid, uh, somebody younger, but anybody is going to be able to virtually speak to their favorite voiceover actor and oh, then cool. show them a character they've created. And the voiceover actor is going to put a voice to their character. So little Hope kid you have health help uh, editing this. We do. We do. We've got, all, <laughs> yeah, we've got a great producer. Just the editor in me is going, oh, my God, that's hard. It's going to be difficult, but uh, yeah, we've got a great producer and uh, it's going to be awesome. going to drop on, on Christie's uh, YouTube channel to start with and cool. also Spotify and all the other kind of stuff. But I mean, Kevin Conroy, Eric Bauza, um, and then we hit, you know, younger markets like the Coco, people from Coco Melon and uh, these huge kind of shows that are that are now on the Internet. So we've gotten some incredible, uh, incredibly talented voiceover actors to help us out. Okay, I have two quickies on two other cast members on Boy Meets World. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the guy who played Eli. He Eli, oh. Alex Desert. Are you talking about Alex Desert? Desert. Yeah. He was on the Barry, the John Wesley ship Flash. Was he really? That's the right guy. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure. I mean, again, I'm sure it is. I he's yeah. been in. I mean, yeah, yeah. He was in uh, Swingers. He, and he played Julio, Barry Allen's friend and coworker at the police force in the Barry Allen 1990 Flash show. Oh, cool! I love that. Yeah, no, he is. Again, I've said this a lot, but one of the the, ni the nicest, coolest human beings you'll ever meet in your life, um, and just ridiculously talented. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, sways on cool. Swingers and PCU. Yep. And then he oh no, he's game. been on a lot of stuff. Yeah. But again, that we're, we're, we're show playing. Jew we're doing superhero Jewish geography. Yeah. He's on the love flash. that. I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. And I then out with him. And then you also uh, work with Rachel McGuire and she did a podcast. Speaking of podcasting, uh, she was on a podcast, uh, The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman, who has uh, been a, a guest on this show. You're talking about Maitland. Yeah, Maitland Ward. Yeah. Uh, she played Rachel McGuire. Yep. And she explained and I didn't I didn't know any of this. I, I, I'll, I'll play dumb. I, I literally <laughs> did not know any of this, but she explained in grand detail how no one put her up to this. And this was just something she wanted to do, but she became an adult film actress. She is. What, what was that phone call like? And what was, what was your reaction? And again, no judgment whatsoever. Like that's fantastic what she's doing. What was the reaction and how does someone tell that to you? Um, well, again, so the reaction was, it wasn't surprising if I'm honest. Okay. Um, and it had nothing to do with with the type of person she was, but we all saw it coming because she started kind of on OnlyFans and it was getting more and more adults yeah. with kind of the way her career was going. Um, 
and uh, she's a friend of mine. And so I am a, always a big fans, a big fan of my friends being happy. That's all I want. If you're, you know, this is America and I love this country. Uh, and uh, one of the joys is if you're an adult, uh, you can do what you want. Um, so I, I said, I always ask her, every time I see her, I ask her the same question. Every time we speak, I ask her the same question. Are you happy? Every time she goes, sure am. And I'm like, great. Then, then God bless you. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, uh, it's none of my business. Uh, she was, I, she was, she sold it so well. And like, yeah. I, want, I want young girls who get into that industry to hear her. Like I, that, that's what I wanted, you know, just yeah. because, because the sheer joy that she got out of it, it was fantastic. We had, um, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's so, it's so unique. And it was so interesting because she was not, she, she welcomed the feedback. Oh, she does. And I and I've said the same thing to her. And we laugh about this when I do see her. Um, I always say the same thing. I'm so happy that you're happy and I'm never going to watch anything that you do. Uh, it's just not my not my thing uh, to, to sit here to, to watch her doing any of that stuff because, um, she, you know, she's a friend not once. Not even not even. No, once. it's not my it's, it's just, just us. There's no one listening to this. No, I know. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not my thing. I know. I'm it's I'm just not a voyeur that way where I want to see my friends friend having Somebody sex. You know. It's not yeah. my thing. Um, but again, <laughs> she's she's happy. And that's if a friend of mine is happy, then that's what I care about. That's that's you know, I'm I'm very you cool. Don't love people in slices. You love people for the, there's a great quote where they say you don't love people for who you hope they are. You love people for who they actually are. So, uh, you know, we have a, a great connection. She's a wonderful friend and she's happy. I'm happy when streaming services started and first it was DC Universe and then HBO Max. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like. Uh, Batman the animated series and your show uh, just got new fan bases. Like yeah. it, was, it was, it was new people just getting into it. Um, and now there's all this talk about what may be happening in the live action stuff mm -hmm. with Terry. Sure. Um, what what's your reaction from that as a as a fan? And you know, to be honest with you, it just seems like. You know, when Ben Affleck played Batman, it was as an older uh, Batman. It was kind of more of a of a Frank Miller, you know, motif there. Um, but there's all these talk about Michael Keaton reprising the role. Sure. People are wondering if he's going to play like an older Bruce Wayne. You know, does a Terry McGinnis see uh, the light of day? Is that something that, you know, does it does it compromise your show in any way? Does it does it does it help your show in any way or, or does that even matter? I don't think it matters, frankly, because uh, first of all, I don't think it compromises anything. You know, we, we've I would start by saying this. We've been hearing two things since the second our show ended that we're going to do more episodes and that they're going to make a live action movie. So we've been hearing that since 2000, 2001. Um, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, we've we've constantly been hearing that. So, I, you know, I would welcome seeing uh, a Batman Beyond live action. I mean, it lends itself to live action. It'd be totally cool to see that. Michael Keaton would be awesome. I think um, Clint Eastwood would be awesome. Uh, you know, just really super, you know, Bruce is supposed to be, as Bruce Tim always says, the cool thing about Batman Beyond is Batman Beyond is always 50 years from now, whenever now is. So it was 50 years from us in 1999 when it started. It's 50 years from us in 2022. Um, it's always 50 years from now. So the thing that I, I, I mean, it would be really cool to see a, a live action Batman Beyond. I, I, I think would, would you be want incredible. it to be like, would you want it to be worked into, you know, whatever storyline they're doing? Or would you want it to be like Blight and, and, and like the other thing, the other aspects of this show 
bring the whole thing. Let it run the game. But but that's that's what I love. I mean, that's the thing that I loved about what one of the many things I loved about Bruce's uh, kind of Bruce's Batman Beyond was that he didn't want to do. And he's talked about this in a lot of interviews. He didn't want this to just be a rehash of the original rogues gallery. It wasn't just older, you know, older uh, Mr. Freeze. It wasn't just older Scarecrow. It wasn't oh, just that was older creepy. Clo- Mr. Freeze yeah. as a head. It was great. Uh, and occasionally we'd throw that in there. You got and to you see had Michael Bane. Ansara reprise yeah, the role. Oh, it was so cool. And you got to see an older Bane once. We did Return of the Joker, but other than that, it was an all new when gallery. he was when he was a junkie. Yeah. And <laughs> so he there was there was an occasional nod to the original Rogues Gallery, but I love that it was new. So if they're going to keep it new, I think. That, I mean, again, I think what was so cool was that it was it was Terry starting his own life, his own Rogues Gallery, his own uh, you know his own Batman career. So uh, that would be cool. And people always ask me who I would cast. And I always answer the same thing as Terry. I think I was given the opportunity as a young actor who really didn't have any voiceover credits, finding somebody who was kind of no name to play Terry McGinnis, I think would be really cool. That would be, um, that would be you know, awesome. There's something about, fi- and, and that's the other thing is, I also, they always talk about people that are like, well, what about this? What about that? Well, he's 28, he's 29. I would keep him 17. That's the thing that made Terry so special was that he was in high school. I would find some, find an actor that's 17, 18 years old to play the role where, you know, what they do and how they bring that in, you know, what I could see is an Easter egg. Like I could see if, if Michael Keaton's playing a role in anything, whether it's this flash sure. movie or the Batgirl movie or anything. Sure. And it's 30 years after he was Batman. Let's just, for the sake of the argument, Terry McGinnis would be like, like a baby, like a, like a kid. And you could meet a young Terry McGinnis who's years ahead. You know sure. what I mean? Like, like sure. you could do that homage where Absolutely. like all of a sudden you see, you know, Mary McGinnis, you know, walking with his son, Terry. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, that guy's going to grow up to be Terry McGinnis. Like, exactly. like I mean, yeah, I would actually you know what I would do is because people totally forget, see that people forget that Wayne McGinnis, his dad, who who is, is uh, Michael Gross voices uh, from Family Ties. That's right. um, Wayne Which ties into your dream. Ties into my dream. Exactly. <laughs> Wayne uh, is actually works at um, Bruce's company at the time. So when right, it's right, taken right. over, he works at Wayne Power. So what would be cool is Bruce Wayne going, walking through the halls and meeting Warren McGinnis, not Wayne McGinnis, excuse me, Warren McGinnis, yeah, Warren McGinnis. <clears throat> meeting Warren McGinnis in the hallway, just like, oh, this is and this is somebody we just hired today. This is Warren McGinnis. Oh, nice to meet you. And they walk by something like that is a cool Easter egg where it's like, that's Terry's dad. Uh, that would be very cool. That's crazy. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's 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 nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, we we didn't mention in all the tangents, um, the Justice League episode epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when does a series get a series finale? I mean, that, that was a perfect series finale. Wasn't that amazing? I, I just remember the thing I remember most about that is Bruce Tim calling me because Bruce very, very rarely called me. I think he's called me twice in the entire time that I've known him. Nice. And uh, and I think one of them was a misdial. So and he doesn't do like Bruce Tim is like he he he's like his legacy has grown. He doesn't do social media. He doesn't nope. do any of that nope. stuff. Doesn't need to. Doesn't he's just he's the he's Bruce Tim. Yep. Um, and he called me. And his he said, his name has come up when they transcribe this podcast. His name comes up like every three episodes. Some oh, sure. someone references Bruce Tim, but it's he's he, he, it's like the great unspoken. Of course, of course he is. He's yeah, was a genius. Again, using that word properly. Um, he uh, he called me and he said, I'm sending you a script. 
if you tell anybody about it, I'm going to kill you. Uh, and that was epilogue. And I remember sitting there reading it. Cause again, this is nothing was emailed at the time. was that I physically had a script in my hand yeah. and, and there I'm reading this going that, Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're doing it. It was so cool. That's so cool. Uh, and then just the way it was and shot he was a little right? older. Yeah, oh bringing God. Amanda Waller so into it, it was just oh, it was so cool. Yeah, the whole thing about it was just so cool. Um, that whole kind of nod to to Waller and and Cadmus and everything that they're doing there was really really neat. And I guess that you know Bruce also tells a story. He told us at Comic Con while we were there for the the um, uh, 20th, 20th anniversary, anniversary. Yeah, of of Beyond. He talks about how it was originally going to be one going to be the next DTV was going to be the next direct to video movie. Uh, was going to be it was Catwoman who was actually trying to clone Bruce uh, and it was a whole two-hour movie about how that was happening and they they pared it down and they made it Cadmus and Amanda Waller and and man it was just I to this day still don't give it away as a spoiler like I won't I won't talk about the ending right now <laughs> it's 20 years people, old <laughs> I know but people some people haven't seen it yet you got to go see it because it's really really yeah, cool some people loved it second season it. finale second yeah. season finale and then it was weird because everybody thought that was the end because yeah. it bookends. If you remember at the end, they do like an homage to the opening scene of Batman, the animated the series. Animated series. So, yep. Like that would be a great way to end the universe. And then they did 13 more. Which, by the way, is um, which is Susan Eisenberg guy. came on and said, stop, like, let him do 13 more. Yeah, I lo- oh, love Susan. I love Susan. But um, yeah, the cool thing is, uh, you know, the first one of the first voices you hear in all of Batman, the animated series is Kevin Conroy, but not as Bruce Wayne. Right, right. He, right. He's one of the pilots who goes, what was that? Um, so you are, uh, you are a fan. It's, it's oh, yeah. great oh, to hear. It's I am a hear. huge fan. He's also, you know, a good friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> talk about stuff. We talk about those little Easter egg things all the time um, where it's like I was guard number two. Uh, so there was yeah, there was one episode that I got to do where I was Terry interrogating one of the Jokers and I was Terry and the Joker and I did a page and a half by myself and I thought it was really cool. So I got to just go voice to voice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a ride. I will tell you that. Well, and it's funny, we referenced you. We had Ron Mars on the show. He is the creator of Kyle Rayner. Okay. And, you know, he created Kyle Rayner in the comic books. And that storyline was actually something that really got me into uh, comics because I had never read comics as a kid. I read them as a young adult and I saw how Jordan went bananas. Yep. And killed a bunch of people. And then Kyle Rayner becomes, and then uh, you find how uh, Kyle Rayner's girlfriend in a fridge. It's one of the most gory scenes I've I, ever seen. I don't remember that. Was it now when he created him? Was he, did he book. have him working at the planet? No, no, no. That's from okay. Superman, the animated series. Right. I was wondering if they took, yeah. if they took any of that from the, no, from no, no, no. The what okay. they did. And, and actually the costume, they, it looks like Hal Jordan, even though they called him Kyle Rayner, the, the idea was, uh, he comes in, he's an artist, so he would design his own costume and he had this girlfriend and there was this bad guy and the bad guy breaks into his house and kills the girlfriend and he opens his fridge and she's in it, like wow. stuff in it. And I read that and I went, holy moly. And, and I said to the guy who owned the comic book store, I go, this is what it's like. This is it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was sure like, this is, is crazy. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle was was fun to voice. Um, that was cool. But uh, it was it was just neat that they like did that little homage to him in the animated because yeah. just the idea of that being an interesting character. And one of the earliest things we ever said on this podcast was 
I wanted Grant Gustin to play Wally West. Okay. Because you had cast John Wesley Ship as Henry Allen, but why not cast John Wesley Ship as Barry Allen and have him be the older Barry Allen and have <laughs> Grant Gustin be Wally West? Because at the time, because of the animated series, an entire generation of fans think Wally West is the Flash. Right. Yeah. I love that. that was also one of my favorite se- favorite scenes from that Justice League is when yes, um, when they introduce each other. Well, well when, no, when Bruce actually but just calls everybody out. Wally yeah. West, Clark Kent, Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> it's like show off. Love that. So brilliant. Love um, that. We got to talk do, a little bit I, about the movie coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. That is. That is. So you're in. Uh, Teen Titans Go meets the DC superhero girls. girls. Yeah, I'm Lex Luthor. I finally get to play a bad guy. Tell me about, um, you know, coming into these characters. I, but again, the target demo. See, the interesting thing is DC superhero girls is clearly meant for kids, whereas Teen Titans Go is clearly meant for stoners. <laughs> Teen would, Titans Go is hysterical. That hysterical. is one of that is a hysterical show. It is. I actually uh, wrote a couple episodes of Teen Titans Go. Did you really? Uh, I did. Well, I write for most of the animated series that I'm on. I wrote for Thundercats. I wrote for oh, Transformers. That's awesome. So I wrote the first episode of Teen Titans Go with the with the pie. I want pie. You want pie. Though I didn't write that song. They did a lot of rewriting on that episode. And then Get I wrote here. the Dungeons and Dragons episode. That was that was mine. Um, riding the dragon. The, yep, the, yep, yep, yep. So uh, yeah, we we did all that, you know. So and then I play the Flash. I play Kid Flash on on uh, Teen Titans Go. Oh, um, awesome. So uh, big fan of that show. Been working with those uh, men and women over there for quite a while. And then um, I got a chance on DC Superhero Girls to play to, for my first time ever. Even though it's more comical version uh, to actually play somebody who's a bad guy, which I never get a chance to do. So that's awesome. That's um, awesome. So getting a yeah, chance. We're going to be doing a ton here on the podcast on it. We're trying to get some of the guys from Teen Titans on and sure. all, all these all these folks. Uh, the movie comes out on Blu-ray in March, and it's the third Teen Titans Go movie. And the first two, I will say this: the two, the first two are some of the most unique. Uh, ideas and concepts behind superhero movies it is the first one where they teen titans go to the movies where all they want to do is be in an action movie and (laughs) stan lee goes wait a second i'm in a dc thing what am i doing here it's amazing as yeah they the 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 writers of that show really took it in a direction where again some people love it some people hate it i think it's hysterical uh it makes me laugh out loud which not a lot of stuff does um oh, so really, but and then the other one is when they fight the teen titans from the original animated series yeah it, 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 all the same voices oh, um God. because i mean it's still it's still Kari payton and greg sipes it's still everybody over there tara strong and all the yep. that amazing yep. cast um are just some of the uh the coolest people in the world so the greatest yeah. teen titans go story is uh when the cleveland cavaliers were in the nba finals the year before they won the championship, they're playing the golden state warriors and the Cavaliers win a game. And LeBron James goes on Twitter and says, celebrating tonight's big win with a teen Titans go marathon. (laughs) And the creators of teen Titans go, I've heard this secondhand. So if if, if any details are, are are mistaken, I haven't heard any of this. So this story is fantastic. He, so the creators follow LeBron James on social media and they said, 
oh my God, you watch our show. If we wrote you in, would you voice a character? And they were like, and LeBron James replied and was like, absolutely. And there's an episode where the Teen Titans go to a basketball camp run by LeBron James. <laughs> but here's the, the caveat. And I have two young daughters. I, well, right now they're 13 and 10. So they're a little older now. But when this came out, they were a little younger. And they, the rule was LeBron James, he was always holding a basketball. If he walked, he had to dribble because that would be traveling. And he had to say the word dribble. So LeBron hey. James would be in the show and it's LeBron James voicing him going dribble, 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 dribble. And my kids thought that was hysterical. If to this day, I guarantee you, if I went upstairs right now and said to my daughters, who is your favorite basketball player? They would instantly say LeBron James. And I can prove to you, they have never seen him play basketball. <laughs> that All because is of Teen Titans Go. The power of animation, my friend. Oh, my God. It was it, it's, it's hysterical. And it's the first Teen Titans Go episode I bought on iTunes because my kids laughed so much. Oh, I love it. It's uh, it is a laugh out loud, funny show. It really is. That's great. It it it, it comes out. It's going to do digital and Blu-ray, and then eventually streaming services, and it'll yep. be great. That's it's, uh, it's a fantastic. ton of fun. It really is a lot of fun. It's the great crossover stuff. So check it out. It's a good movie. How can people find you on social media? They can't. I'm not on. That is fantastic. It is absolutely wonderful and freeing and the best thing in the world. I have not been on social media. For Were you on it and you, you got I was, rid of it? I was on it for a while and I just couldn't do it anymore. So I woke up one morning and I, just with no announcement, no everything, I erased everything. Is it because uh, it's fascinating because what I usually ask and only because this podcast went on too long, I skipped this part. I normally I ask, you know, how does social media help your career or hurt it? Um is it just because of the toxicity, the, the cesspool that it is? Yes, that there's that. There's also I uh, there's unstable fans out there um, or can be ninety nine point nine 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 percent are the greatest people in the world. But there's some that aren't. Wow. Um, and there's uh, you know, I had friends that had serious problems on social media when it came to uh, uh, threats and things like that. And I really? just I wow. couldn't do it anymore. I just physically couldn't do it anymore. And. Uh, I always tell people there's three things that I did to deal with anxiety that helped me more than anything in the world. Uh, I uh, started talking about it, diet mm -hmm. and exercise, and erased all my social media. Those three things helped more. Than, and I, when I talk to other people with, with anxiety, they all go, I say, you know, you got you to talk about it. They go, great, I can do that. I say, you got to diet and exercise. Great, I can do that. Erase your social media. Ooh. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, kudos to all your success. But really, it's, it's really cool to see that someone who was part of something, and again, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to bullshit you. This was not part of my childhood. This was my adulthood. And uh, to see that and to see how much appreciation you have for that, that and the source material it came from is so refreshing and such a great thing that uh, all I could say is if, 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 if time was not an issue, I literally had hours more of things that we could cover. <laughs> and it just would be fascinating listen. Thank you so much and promise you'll come back. Absolutely, because there's way more stuff we got to talk about. So yeah, have me back anytime. I love this again. Um, this is the joy of the nerd doom. I could talk about this forever. Uh, so yeah, just such a fan. I appreciate you having me on. This conversation could have gone on for so long. Will Friedel, thank you so much for doing this. 
We'll see you next week with another episode of the Hall of Justice. Believe it or not.